All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lone Star Gun Talk, the official podcast for Lone Star Gun Rights. And I am your host, as always, Derek Wills. And today, I want to talk about the history of gun control. Where did it stem from? And what, how has it transformed into everything that we see today? What gun control laws are there? What gun control laws have been repealed, if any? And I'm going to try and make this as spicy and informative as possible because I know history is not everybody's thing. And really, uh, the last thing I want is to uh, to be like uh, B- Ben Stein and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bueller? Bueller? Anybody? Anybody? I, I don't want to be like that. So, But first, I want to talk about what's coming up in the future. Uh, on Saturday, May 5th, which very importantly is municipal municipal elections. So if you got some bond issues, make sure that you vote early so that way you can be in Dallas on May 5th. In Dallas, there is going to be a counter-protest to the protesters protesting the NRA convention. And that's going to happen at City Hall. And we have posted on our Facebook page a link to the event where we're meeting and where we're uh, walking to, where we're marching to. And um, it's going to be a good event. We need as many people there as humanly possible because, like I said, it is a counter-protest. Now, I'm no fan of the NRA, as I've said many, many times. However, these people are not really protesting the NRA. They think they're protesting the NRA because they are misguided about the NRA. But they're really protesting our rights, and I can't abide that. So we all need to show up and be as vocal as humanly possible. We need to show them that we we care about our rights, and they're not coming to take any more of them. So please check out our Facebook page. Pinned to the very top is a link to the event. And uh, it's being organized by the North Texas Patriots for Liberty. And it should be a very good event if we can get as many people there as humanly possible. We're also working on uh, getting a couple of uh, surprises. Hopefully we can get those ironed out and uh, confirmed. But I'm just going to leave it at that because we haven't confirmed anything yet. So please make your plans for Saturday, May 5th to be in Dallas and um, get all the information that you can from the event link, and we hope to see you there. I will be there, and I believe AJ and uh, possibly Justin and Christina. I'm not entirely sure if they're going to be able to make it, um, but they're going to definitely try. If they if they're not there, it's for a really good reason. Uh, anyway, moving on to the topic du jour, if you will, let's talk about gun control. Let's talk about the history of gun control and where all of these ideas to control arms came from. And for many of you, including myself, I've I've said that there were no gun control laws on the books uh, prior to 1934. And that's true for for the most part. There was still gun control. Um, Mainly it was at the state level, and that was kind of an issue. But there was one thing at the federal level that was designed for uh, to control arms. And that was known as Dred Scott v. Sanford. This is the 
infamous bastardization of liberty uh, that, and it's, it's just a total miscarriage of justice in which the Supreme Court in their uh, royal edicts ruled that uh, free blacks could not be granted citizenship because of various reasons. One of those reasons, as cited in the opinion of the court, was that if they were granted citizenship, well, then that means they would be able to keep and carry arms wherever they went. And that was one of the major deciding factors. They didn't want they didn't want black uh, blacks to be able to carry a firearm. That's atrocious. Now, I take exception to this for even a deeper reason besides the obvious racism that's going on with it. But they said that if unless you're a citizen, you can't carry arms. And it, what I'm about to say might upset some people. If we truly believe that the right to carry arms, the right to keep and, care and bear arms, means or is inherent to us as human beings or is, is bestowed upon us but from God, then that means that it's not just citizens of the United States who have the right to do so. I've heard people say, well, illegal aliens should not be able to carry arms. Well, if you want to get really technical, they have that right too. Now, that is not to say that if somebody's an illegal alien, they shouldn't face any consequences. They're here illegally. Just their very presence here should be uh, grounds for arrest and deportation. But that is, you have to realize that they still have the right to bear arms. But until they're caught and arrested, you know, for being here illegally, uh, that's a whole nother crime. And that is what needs to be uh, prosecuted. We just, we just need to be able to, to admit to ourselves when we're being intellectually dishonest. And I know that it will drive people nuts that Derek at Lone Star Gun Rights is saying that illegal aliens have the right to carry a weapon. Yes, but they don't have the right to be here. Those are two separate issues. And we need to make sure that whenever we say that we believe something, whatever that is, in this case, that the right to bear arms comes from God and not from government, then we need to carry that through all the way to the end, as far through the logical steps as possible. Because, you know, like I said, whenever I was railing against prohibited persons at the Second Amendment rally in, at the Capitol last week, uh, I said that if you give the government the authority to define who can and can't do it, then it's no longer a right, it's a privilege. And so that's why I say that. And if you have any questions on what I just said, please feel free to email me, tweet me. Uh, I'm, I've taken over the Lone Star Gun Rights Twitter, so you can either tweet me directly at Derek R. Wills or tweet me at Lone Star G Rights uh, or shoot me an email, Derek at LoneStarGR.com. I'll be happy to clear this up. I'm not saying that, uh, that illegal aliens should still be here. They shouldn't. But they do have the right to defend themselves against tyranny, whatever that may be. So that was Dred Scott. And if you 
progress forward, after the war between the states, the Southern Democrat-run states enacted prohibitions on carrying weapons. And in Texas, we saw this all the way up until 1995, whenever we finally got the concealed handgun license law passed. And the reason for that is because they did not want uh, blacks, freed slaves, if you will, to carry guns. And ultimately, what it boiled down to, uh, if you really delve into the history, they did not want blacks to be able to escape the persecution of the Ku Klux Klan. If you notice, there's a trend here. Gun control's very roots are deep in racism. And that's something that not a lot of people talk about, even on the right. And I wish we would, because it is so important to know that uh, how gun control came about in the first place. And actually, gun control uh, was rooted in racism essentially all the way up until the 60s. But, you know, you these prohibitions on carrying in the state legislatures that passed were designed to keep blacks unarmed, to make sure that they could still be victims. The next major gun control, uh, I guess, act, which was actually really the first major gun control act, was passed by Congress in 1934, the National Firearms Act, and we were all familiar with that. That was, just like you see today, it was an emotional reaction to what was going on at the time. It didn't, it, they didn't think logically at all. They didn't realize, uh, well, they, they did because they repealed the 18th Amendment. But they didn't think, oh, maybe if we just repeal the 18th Amendment, everything will be fine. They wanted to take it a step further and regulate specific arms you know, the short barreled rifles and shotguns and suppressors and things. And that was just a, it was just an emotional knee-jerk reaction to the times, just like what you're seeing today with the calls for banning uh, semi-automatic rifles. And then they passed the uh, Federal Firearms Act of 1938, which not too many people know about, but it established federal firearms licenses and set up interstate commerce restrictions. So it really was the birthing of the FFL. And then in 68, they established prohibited persons in the Gun Control Act. And this one is one that I have a huge problem with. And a lot of people find themselves, even on our side, agreeing. And this, this is where I have a problem. Because the government established prohibited persons. And it sounds great on paper, but it's not. People convicted of a felony, illegal aliens, those addicted to marijuana or controlled substances under the Controlled Substances Act, or uh, even if you've been dishonorably discharged from the military, if you've been found to be mentally incompetent. Now, all of these sound great, but really think about what this means. And, you know, it's still law today, so think about the power that the government has here. The government has the ability to define who exactly is undesirable. Now, you may perfectly well agree with the fact that violent felons should not be allowed to carry a gun. Well, that's kind of useless because 
those who, who repeat violent felonies, those repeat offenders out there, they still repeat their offense after they get out. Despite background checks that are current law now, despite all of this, they still do it. And really what you're doing with this is you are preventing anybody who might possibly be uh, a rehabilitated criminal, you are denying them their right to self-defense. You are denying them their right to keep and bear arms. And like I said, if we truly believe that this is a right that comes from God and not government, then the government doesn't have the authority to pick and choose who is winner and who is loser. Now, yeah, again, this is where we have to take the logic all the way to the very end and realize that we are not able to decide who can and can't care, uh, exercise this right because it's not our right to give. It's not the government's right to give. It was God's. And or if you're secular, if you're an atheist or an agnostic, no judgment. You know, that's, that's your business. These are rights that are inherent to us as human beings. They are natural rights. They are rights that are just there. And it's rooted, really, in the our right to self-defense. It is rooted in our right to live. Because government didn't give us the right to live. They didn't say, you know what? You are okay to live, and you, not so much. Just because I decided so. If we believe that, then we, the government really doesn't have the right to, dis, to define who can and can't carry arms. And what's really... Uh, what's really scary about this is because the government's already set up these definitions, they can change them to literally whatever they want with a simple majority vote. And that's scary. It's not like, um, it's not like we really have any form of redress against it. Yeah, we can sign petitions and we can lobby the government, but if they really, really, really wanted to become tyrannical, well, guess what? First things first, let's expand the prohibited persons law. You know, there's been talk about including um, vets with PTSD under the deemed mentally incompetent portion of the definition. I'm sorry that you went and fought for um, either our freedom or the freedom of some other country that most people can't find on a map. And I'm sorry that you witnessed all of your friends and brothers and sisters dying uh, in combat, and I'm sorry that you witnessed some of the most atrocious acts on the planet, but uh, you can't you can't defend yourself because you might possibly be a danger to the rest of society. And you know, if you really actually think about it, all of these all of these worries that people have, and worries that you might have as well, and I don't begrudge you for it. If you believe, well, I don't think felons or I don't think the mentally ill or whomever, I don't think illegal aliens should have the right to carry a weapon. And you believe that if that's what you're worried about, then you are worried about an almost negligible amount of Americans in this country and a negligible amount of people if we include illegal aliens. Yeah, there are anywhere from 6 to 12 million illegals in this country, but... You know, if you really think about it, these laws are designed to 
these laws affect 100% of the population in order to maybe prevent uh, a fraction of a tenth of a percent of those living among us from getting a weapon. And that's not okay because everybody else is affected. You're trying to pre prevent, you know, maybe uh, a tenth of a percent of the population, maybe a, a few thousand, a, ten, a, few, a couple ten thousands or so of people from trying to keep arms. And you want to affect all 325 million of us in order to prevent those few from getting them. That's, that's really not okay. It's, it's counterproductive and it's an infringement. Anyway, I, I think I've said enough about that. Next was 1986. It was the Firearm Owners Protection Act, which uh, actually cleared up a lot of the problems with the Gun Control Act. Uh, the Gun Control Act required transfer. Uh, basically, you had to fill out a 4473 for ammo purchases and things like that. And it resulted in a lot of people, a lot of good people who just owned gun shops. They ended up going to jail because the the bureaucracy involved was too much and they couldn't keep it completely accurate and you know they got prosecuted as a result and so the the firearm owners protection act actually did some good it wasn't completely bad but it did some good in alleviating some of the restrictions that gun shop owners particularly had to um endure but it also banned full auto weapons from being transferred unless they were made prior to the date that it was enacted. Which, in and of itself, is probably the single biggest infringement, if you really think about it, because it's specifically banned a certain arm from being available to the public. Everything else before this, and really since this, that hasn't expired, with the exception of the assault weapons ban of 94, everything else was essentially a, you can still have it, but... This is, you really can't, unless you, unless you can afford the $25,000 price tag and the NFA requirements, it effectively banned it from everybody. And then we had the Gun-Free School Zones Act in 1990. Now, this actually allows people to carry on school campuses if their state allows it, but uh, we all know how well that works out. And then we have the Brady Bill, the background checks bill. And as I've said before, background checks are not indicative of future motives. This isn't Minority Report, you know, and we all know how well that movie worked out. P people can have various motives. Like I said, a convicted felon can merely want to protect himself. But yet you've denied him, and I say you, you uh, generally, you've denied him that, that right to do so. You've denied him the right to possess the great equalizer known as the firearm. And now he has to, he has to defend himself at a great disadvantage uh, compared to everybody else. And you can say, well, he gave up that right whenever he committed that crime, you know, 20 years ago. And no, he didn't. Rights are not given up. Rights are there. You can choose to not exercise it, but that doesn't mean you've given it up. And yeah, maybe he did something really dumb back then, like armed robbery. But again, if these rights come from God, you don't have the 
you and the government do not have the authority to dictate who can and cannot exercise it. Now, I've been blasted for this because it says, oh, you want felons to have guns. It's not up to me. It doesn't matter if I want that or not. You know, from what I said earlier, people are going to say, oh, you want illegal aliens to have guns. It doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what is uh, appropriate and what authority does the government have as it relates to the keeping and bearing of arms. Um, let me put it to you like this. Just because our Constitution recognizes our right to keep and bear arms, it doesn't grant it. You know, we, we hear this a lot, and it's true. The Second Amendment does not grant our right to bear arms. It protects it. If you really think about it, that means that every place on the planet, every country on the, on the globe, every citizen of every country has the right to keep and bear arms. Whether or not their government recognizes that or not is a different story. You know, if I were to explain it to you like this, I said earlier we have the right to live. We all have the right to live. And whenever we see some, you know, a, a government, uh, take Syria for example, we see that Assad has gassed his own citizens. Well, we are quick to say he is violating their natural right to live. Well, they still have the right to live. He just took it away from them. The same is true for any country that doesn't recognize the natural right to bear arms. Just because the country doesn't recognize it doesn't mean that they don't have it. It just means that their government is full of tyrants and they refuse to allow people to exercise their natural rights. And that's all that means. So, do I believe that illegal aliens should and felons and mentally ill people should have the right to keep and bear arms? If you want to twist it that way, sure. That's not what I'm saying. That what I'm saying is it's not up to us. It's not up to the government. It's not up to the government in Mexico if they can have arms or the government in Canada or the government in Iran or Saudi or wherever if their citizens have the right to carry arms. They all do. But many governments are tyrannical. And that is a history of gun control. Rooted in racism, rooted in the ability of the government to over uh, to overuse its power, overextend its arm in order to control the population. And this is not some uh, conspiracy theory stuff. This is the government stepping outside of the authority of the Constitution. This is the government stepping outside of the authority that they should have. Now, what's interesting is uh, that uh, people will, will say, well, you know, I still believe this. That's fine. Believe what you want. I'm not a thought tyrant. Even though I might disagree with you, you can believe whatever you want. That's the beautiful thing about liberty and freedom of thought is that you can you can believe what you want. That said, you know, I believe that if you believe that, then you support gun control and don't support the Second Amendment as written and intended. I do believe that 
this is a binary issue. Now, there are several things that aren't, but this is not one of them. The Second Amendment says that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. If you support any sort of gun control whatsoever, that's an infringement. And I don't hate you for it. I just disagree with you. So let's try and have that kind of conversation. Let's make sure that we all understand that it's okay to disagree. I've said that before. And, you know, maybe if we really think about it and we're really honest with ourselves, maybe some of you actually do support gun control. And maybe some of those that thought they did realize that they really don't. The only way that you'll know whether or not you believe what you say you believe is if you delve down as deeply as humanly possible on the issue and talk about it all the way to the end. And that includes things like if our right comes from God and not government, then that means that this person over here that I don't think should be able to still has the right to do so. And that's all I'm asking. Let's just be intellectually honest with ourselves and let's discuss things and talk about them all the way to the end. And who knows, you will grow just by doing that. Talk about it with your friends and your family. You know, remember, iron sharpens iron. And at minimum, you will be steadfast in your position. You will uh, you will know without a doubt that's where you stand. And to all the anti-gun people out there, if you happen to be listening to this, why don't you go to a range, rent a firearm, and, um, you know, get, get a little bit of training on it. Figure out what it is that you're trying to control. At minimum, you will be a better person for it. You will, um, you will have a knowledge that you didn't have before. You will have an understanding that you didn't have before. And that might solidify your position. That might also make you question it. Neither of which are bad things. There are plenty of things in my life that I have changed my position on. This might surprise you. I'm no longer, personally, This is I'm not speaking for Lone Star Gun Rights on this. This is me. I am no longer personally for capital punishment. This changed just in January for me. I used to be a staunch supporter of it. But this was one of those things where I had to really be honest with myself and follow the logic line all the way to the end. And despite my history of supporting capital punishment, I had to realize and accept the fact that it did not compute with the rest of my philosophies. And I certainly don't begrudge people for supporting it, you know. I understand it. I Believe me, I was there. I was on your side. I was on that side of things for a very long time. And it wasn't until I was honest with myself that I realized that it wasn't exactly lining up with the rest of my beliefs. And that's just, you know, that's just, that's the benefit of really getting down into the issues. Do it with everything. It doesn't have to be just the Second Amendment. Do it with everything and you will be a better person for it. 
Anyway, that's going to do it for me today. Next week, we are going to have Scott Goodnight on the program. He is a filmmaker, an independent filmmaker, making a documentary on fear, and that is going to be awesome. I am super excited about that. Until next Sunday, Lone Star Gunners, arm yourself with knowledge and share the ammo. Lone Star Gun Talk is a Lone Star Gun Rights production, hosted and edited by Derek Wills, copyright 2018.